0: all right so it is uh, uh, 2021 now officially and I know uh, Josh is excited to be back to to share a message that he had originally planned for last Sunday and so if he gets back here next week uh, he's excited to share uh, probably more of a personal message about you heading into a new year um, and then for me, I really want to talk about us as Truth and Grace Fellowship heading into a new year. And I want to remind us of who we are, uh, of what our mission is, what we're about, why we exist. And I also want to remind us or actually just look forward to kind of where we're heading. So um, today's going to be part one because uh, there was just too much to for me to want to share as a pastor. I feel like it's important for me to be a vision caster and continue to kind of lay out for you what I sense God is putting on my heart as far as where he wants to take us, because as much as I'm your pastor. I'm still an under-shepherd of Jesus. Jesus is still the head of his church. He's the head of every local church. And so we want him to be our head lead pastor here. So it's my responsibility to hear from him and to kind of get some of that vision, to share it with our staff and elders. And then um, I don't want to leave you all out, so I want to share it with you too of where we're headed. So I'm really excited. So part two will be next week if Josh isn't back. If he's back, Josh is excited to share, so he'll share, and then I'll share part two the week after that. So, um, all right, are you ready for part one? All right, so I want to start by reminding us of who we are. And way back when you remember we first got our first t-shirts and we started the church, and we named, named it Truth and Grace Fellowship, we kind of had this phrase on the back of our church, and it kind of... Uh, reminded us and told others who we are. And it's basically this. We are a fellowship of believers who trace our lives after Jesus. That's who we are. And I think as a follower of Jesus, it's good for us to be reminded of that. Everywhere you go, through every circumstance, through every situation, you and I now as disciples, you and I as followers, you and I as a fellowship of believers, it's our commitment that we are going to trace our lives after Jesus. That means we're going to look at how Jesus responded to certain situations, uh, good and bad and ugly and all that, and we now are going to follow him. We're going to trace our lives after him because he is our Lord He is our savior. He is our king. He is the number one leader of our life, and we follow him. He's our rabbi. He's our teacher. He's everything, right? So, we are a fellowship of believers who trace our lives after Jesus, and a lot of times when you look at trace Jesus or you look at our shirt, uh, the little word fellowship gets left out a lot. So, I want to start by focusing on that word a little bit. The Greek word's konania, probably totally mispronouncing that, but it's a very important word. I want to go back to uh, 1 John chapter 1, and I want to look at the first seven or eight verses. It uses the word fellowship four times. So it's really important, and I think it's going to be a great reminder for us as far as who we are in Christ as part of the global body and who we are as a local body, uh, who we are as Truth and Grace Fellowship. So let's begin by reading 1 John uh, chapter 1. John is writing to the church. Uh, Remember, John Uh, is someone who literally saw Jesus in the flesh and blood. Now, the church that's been established here, uh, many of them didn't get that opportunity to see Jesus. John did, and so you're going to see that in some of his writing as he's starting out this letter. John says this, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes, and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Alright, so John's saying, hey, I know you guys didn't get the opportunity to see Jesus in the flesh and blood. You didn't get to hear him with your own audible ears as he spoke. But John's saying, we did, we saw him, we've seen, we've heard. He's the one we proclaim to you. And he says, he is the word of life. I love that. Because if, again, on the back of our shirts, what scripture do we have? John 1.14. Do you remember how that starts out? And the word of God became what? Flesh. And dwelt among us. And so John is saying here, hey, I know you guys didn't see Jesus Christ in the flesh and blood. And I'm saying to all of us here, we haven't seen Jesus Christ in flesh and blood. But every time we dig into the word of God that became flesh, he is the word of life. We are having an experience. We are having an encounter. We are in the very presence of Jesus Every time we open up the Bible and we read it, we study it, we meditate on it. Because he is the word of life. He is the word of God. He was the one that became flesh and blood. So you and I have his written word now. And we all know the importance of that. I'm going to continue to remind us of the importance of the word of God. It goes on to say this. This one, verse 2. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. So John's now saying, yes, Jesus was the life, but he is life, true life, eternal life is found in him and only him. So when you and I find him, or I should say he finds us and draws us, and we choose to trust and obey and believe, then we now have life, a life That is eternal, a life that makes us alive on the inside because the Bible says we were once dead in our trespasses and sins. If you are here this morning and you don't know what it's like to experience God's forgiveness for your sins, the Bible calls you spiritually separated from him. And because God loves you so much also, he sent Jesus to die for you. He's offering you a life that lasts for eternity and not just the one you're going to experience in the flesh and blood that might be 80 years or so. Uh, So you'll have that opportunity to respond to Jesus as well and to accept him and to know life eternal. It goes on to say, uh, and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. Here's the so that so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So John is writing to the church. Hey, I know you guys haven't seen and heard what we got to see and hear, Jesus in flesh and blood, but because we've seen him and because he's still alive and living, you can have fellowship with him also and our fellowship is with him. So John says you can have fellowship with us And our fellowship is with the Father, and our fellowship is with the Son. And so that's who we are as a fellowship of believers who trace our lives after Jesus. We have fellowship with God, and we have fellowship with each other. It's a very deep, intimate relationship that we as the body of Christ are also to have as well. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. John's writing to us the importance of fellowship with the Father and the fellowship that we ought to be having one with another, the community that we have one with another, uh, the relationships that we have one with another. John is writing to us to tell us that so that we may share Fully in the in the joy that they experienced, did John and the other apostles apostles experience joy? Did they? Yeah, they were in the very presence of joy a lot. Did John and the apostles experience trials and tribulations and circumstances? I don't know if that's me or not. Circumstances and situations that. Are distracting? <laughs> Did they experience distractions? Yeah. Through it all, they laughed and had joy, right? Because their source of joy wasn't in the circumstance or the distraction or the situation or the positive vibes or negative vibes or what was going on around them. They had the joy that Jesus came to bring us, now living inside of them, and that's what John is writing to the church. That's what the Word of God is trying to tell us today. If we have Jesus, we have joy, and He is the source of that joy, and it doesn't matter what we face in life, we can have joy. Who doesn't want more joy? I feel like I have a lot of joy in my life. And that's thanks to God. But shouldn't I want more? Why wouldn't I want even more? Now, if you have a little joy in your life, don't you want some more? If you have a lot of joy in your life, I mean, who, who doesn't want that? Anyone here be like, now nah, I'm good on the joy stuff. I don't need more of that. I don't need more peace. I don't need more love and other things that go along with the joy. I've had so much. I just, In fact, I want to go the other way. I want a little more sorrow in my life. I want a little more stress in my life. I want a little more anger in my life. Anyone out there? No. John's writing to us to help us to understand, and I'm helping you all understand, that we are a fellowship of believers who trace our lives after Jesus. And when we fellowship with each other, we have fellowship with God the Father. And I'm saying these things to you so that your joy may be full so that you may fully share that type of joy. One that's way different than the world offers in its temporary pleasures. All right, let's go on and read verse five. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness, we are not practicing the truth. Now, here's something that's really important because you can, you and I can lose our fellowship with God. If we are proclaiming to have fellowship with God and yet we're choosing to live in spiritual darkness once again by not practicing the truth, by not applying what the Word of God teaches us, we're not going to have much fellowship with God the Father and we're probably not going to have much fellowship with each other as the body of Christ and so if we are going to use this word fellowship as our very name as a local body then we need to be connected live connected online connected to others in the church and again it's, it's not just about a a physical gathering although that's part of it the church is called, the word church in the Greek means called out ones. They are an assembly of people who have been called out from leaving the ways of the world behind and start living in this new light of the kingdom of God where love is the law and the rule and, and joy and peace and, and hope. And all these things that we celebrated through Christmas are a part of. Life still happens, but now we're different on the inside and our faces show it too our, the tone of our voice shows it too the way we smile the way we open our eyes a little wider because we're excited about life now because this is the only hell I'm going to know now that I'm in Christ this world that's it this is the only hell I will experience because of what Jesus did for me and I've accepted that fact If you don't accept Jesus, this place is the only heaven you'll ever experience, and both are temporary. But when you give your life to Jesus, you're just living a temporary hell, but you have the kingdom of God inside of you still, and then one day when Jesus comes back or you and I die, now we get, we're just part of heaven forever. That's going to be awesome. That's something to open your eyes a little wider about and make your smile a little brighter. If you're in Christ that's the type of joy God wants from us and what Paul is saying here goes on but verse 7 if we are living in the light as God is in the light then we have what fellowship with who with each other and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin So part of the cleansing of our sin nature and and our sinful desires comes when you and I choose to live in the light and live in fellowship with one another. That's why accountability is one of our core values. Because I'm accountable to you and you are accountable to me. And we ought to help sharpen one another to where more and more of our sinful stuff falls away from our lives, and we get more and more of Jesus. Now at salvation, we get salvation, that's it. Eternal life is granted to us. But now it's this practicing the truth or not, living out in the light or not. Now we have a choice to do that. And that choice, how we live our lives, is going to affect our fellowship with God and our fellowship with each other. God never meant for you to walk in such a way where you didn't hear and know his voice, that he was with you. His promise is never to leave us, never to forsake us. We're the ones that leave and forsake him at times, don't we? He never leaves us. So even when it seems like God is silent, God is still present because he lives inside of us. Now, if we're so prideful that we don't think we need God in that way listen to the warning in verse 8 if we claim we have no sin we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth so again we got to be honest about our about our sin and when we still mess up we got to be honest about that that's what it means to live in the light once we start trying to hide and cover up our sin from God or, or from other people that's when we start living in that spiritual darkness and we lose our fellowship with God and we lose our fellowship with each other. All right, so this word, when you think of your church family, those of you that are members here, Truth and Grace Fellowship, I don't want you to forget the word fellowship and how important that is as a local body in Christ. So with that said, what I wanna do, and with new members classes uh, coming up in, in January and in February, I want to remind those of us who are members of the covenant that we sign. It's a new year. Do you ever, how much of our member covenant do you even remember? Probably a lot of you don't. I don't even have it. Like, I don't have it memorized. So this is something, if you're a member of Truth and Grace Fellowship, you sign. Now, did anyone force you to sign it? You were invited to sign it, right? And you signed it freely and willingly. So did I. And if you're not sure if you signed it, ask Lori. We'll find your own signature. So this is your opportunity to unsign it. Or, yep, nope, that's exactly what I signed up for. And for those of you that aren't members of Truth and Grace Fellowship, whether you're watching online or you're right here live, this is what you get to look forward to. And I say look forward to because it's tough, but it's so good. Kind of like the Word of God. It is tough to live but when we do it with God's strength and power man it is so fun and rewarding I promise you so um, we have a membership covenant that makes you a member here but again it's all biblically based so let's take a look at that I want to remind you of the covenant that we signed, and let's read through this together it says this believing that God has placed me in the body of Christ let me just stop there quickly When you give your life to Jesus, when you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, when you ask God to forgive you, when you admit you're a sinner, all those things, when you understand that and you put your trust in what Jesus did for you, guess what? You become a member of the global body of Christ. You're part of the kingdom of God. You've been born again. Eternal life is yours. And you are a new creation, the Bible says. If that's not you, You get all what I just said once you just understand and know what Jesus did for you that you can't pay for your sin. You can't stand before a holy God but he made a way for you to be able to do that. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, that's you and me, whoever would believe in him, you won't have to worry about perishing but you'll have everlasting life. That's why it's called good news. So not only are you part of the global body of Christ. But this is what you're saying. Believing God has placed me in this fellowship of believers also. I believe God has put everyone in the body of Christ where the Spirit said he wants them to be a part of the body of Christ. It says that there in that scripture you have 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to turn and look at that, but you can look at it later. God has placed you wherever the Spirit desires. And I believe that's even within local bodies. So If that's you, if you signed up here, you're believing that God has placed you here at Truth and Grace Fellowship. This is what it goes on to say. I understand that God has called me to be a functioning member as taught in 1 Corinthians 12. That word functioning before the word member is so important. Why? Why? because there's no such thing as a non-functioning member. If you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, what you're gonna find out is that you and I have a body. Do you have, raise your hand if you have a body. I'm talking a body, okay, that's good. You just raised part of your body. You had a functioning part of your body. You used your arms and maybe you wiggled your fingers. And each body part, on your one body your one body is made up of mem- many body parts right many members right do they all have a function is there any such thing as a non-functioning body part only if it's chopped off or something that's it then it's, it's dead right when you become part of the body of Christ you are a body part you are a functioning member you have a calling you have a function in your life right and so it's expected of you to be using that here and inside and outside the body of Christ. So it goes on to say this, as a functioning member, I will seek to be a blessing to others. So when you signed up to be a member of the body of Christ and a member of Truth and Grace Fellowship, you said basically this, my gifts, my talents, my abilities my calling, are to be used to benefit someone else. They're not to be used to benefit self. They're, be, they're to be used to benefit the body. My fingers don't function just because they're selfish. They function because if they need me to pick up something, my body needs to go somewhere and I need a pen, my fingers pick up the pen and I go, right? It just, that's how it works. Jesus is the head of the church we all are body parts and so we understand that it goes on to say I realize that membership is not like joining a country club where I pay for service rather it's an opportunity to serve those inside and outside the body with the talents gifts and resources that God has given me if one member suffers we all suffer with him or her if one member rejoices we all rejoice with him or her and probably as we grow as a body we're all going to be rejoicing with some while we're mourning with others because we all go through different types of phases or seasons in our life and guess what we're called to have fellowship with one another we're called to encourage one another we're called to come along one aside uh, alongside each other and to to mourn for those that are mourning and to rejoice for those who are rejoicing our good brother Richard Cohen lost his mom I think it was yesterday or or the day before so he's he's in a state of mourning so we mourn the loss of his mom with him all the while we're rejoicing with Colton and Ramey that just had a baby right it's exciting stuff we can do that we can be both and that's what we're called to do all right, let's go on. I know I'm going through this slowly, but I think it's a, it was, this has been a great reminder for me because I signed it and I'm your pastor. And so hopefully it reminds us of who we are as a fellowship of believers. It goes on to say this, I will seek to be a source of unity in my church. I love that. You're saying, yep, I'm signing my name to that. I'm tired of all the stupid stuff that happens in churches, aren't you? I'm gonna be a source of Of unity in my church. That's what you and I signed up for when we became members of Truth and Grace Fellowship. I will not be a source of gossip or dissension. I will do my best with the Spirit's help. We're going to talk about that in a minute. I will do my best with the Spirit's help to obey Ephesians 4 1 through 3 and verses 15 and 16 as it pertains to Christian love and unity. So, Let's look at what Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and 15 and 16 say, right? And we're going to understand why we need the Spirit's help to do this. Paul says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you, to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You and I, if we are in Christ We have been called to be part of the body of Christ, and we have a calling from God inside that membership. And now I, like Paul was with the Ephesians church, I'm reminding you all, Truth and Grace Fellowship, and encouraging you, live a life worthy of that calling. Live a life worthy of it. It's going to be so worth it. I say this a lot. We're going to get to heaven one day, and we're going to wish we did a lot more for the kingdom and a lot less of some of the worldly stuff we do. So let's realize that now and not wait to have those regrets when we get to heaven. Let's understand the importance of living a life worthy of our calling now. Okay, ready for this? Here's where you and I need the Spirit's help because the first word to the next verse is always. You ever use the word always or never amongst your family, and it's not true, because always is always and never's never. You never ain't it? You always say that, mom. You don't always say no, mom, right? Kids say it. Spouses say that one to another. Well, yeah. Well, you never, right? Is it true? No. Okay. Most of the time, I don't do what you're saying, but you can't use never or always, right? Paul's telling us always what's he telling us always to be humble and gentle how many of you think you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to always be humble and gentle (laughs) oh my goodness I don't even have the strength to always be humble and not even close it's hard enough doing my best with the Spirit's help to still always be humble and gentle right So we're called to be before we're called to do. We can do a lot of work for God, but if we're not being humble and gentle as we do it, it's not going to work out very well. Actually, Paul said this in the Corinthian church in verse 13. Remember what he said about doing a lot of stuff for God? But if we don't do it with love, what are we like? Oh my goodness. That was loud. Sorry. Wow. I had a little, man, that's harder than what I thought. Jeez. Yeah. Talk about distracting and ugh. Can you imagine if we're up here, the worship team's playing our song, or even during I'm preaching and Jay just gets up and he's just banging that cymbal. What is that? It's a Distraction it's like what we are to other people when we do for God and have no love we're just a yeah but when we do it with love it makes all the difference so that's why we're called to always be humble and gentle now Paul doesn't stop there on top of that now we're to be patient with each other did you hear that church you, this is what the bible teaches this is what you sign in the membership covenant i will do my best with the spirit's help to always be humble and gentle and to be patient with each other am i always humble and gentle with you no that's why paul adds to that well you got to be patient with me when i'm not now i have to own my responsibility Of being patient or of being humble and being gentle, but when I'm not, I still have a responsibility to admit that. Man, that is so weird. I don't know what's going on, but that's okay. You have a responsibility to be patient with me, to pray for me, to love me in spite of myself, and it goes both ways, and I do with you. And you know what? We do a pretty good job here at Truth and Grace Fellowship. When we have any little squirms or whatever, we work it out because we have people that have committed to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, and to make allowance for each other's faults because of what? Our love. Because we're choosing and we're committing ourselves to trace our lives after the one who was full of love, full of truth and grace. Did you guys know you signed up for that? I did too. Isn't that a great reminder? Because you know what? You're not perfect and I'm not either. And we're going to like... I'm going to say some stuff that's going to upset you at times. Not on purpose, I don't think, but it just will. I'm going to say some things that there might be a little pride instead of humility behind them. I'm going to try not to, but I probably will because I'm human. So will you. That's why we need to always be humble and gentle as much as depends upon us. We need to be patient with each other and make allowances for others' faults because we've committed to love one another. We're not even, that's just verse 2. All right, let's go on to verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. You signed up for that. I didn't, I didn't beg you to. I didn't force you to. And I did too. That's what we're about here at Truth and Grace Fellowship. We are going to make every effort to keep ourselves, to keep our body united united in the spirit as we're welcoming new people in. We're, that's our commitment to them too. Yep, you're welcome here. You will be loved here. You will be um, around people that have committed themselves to be humble and gentle and to be patient with you through all your stuff because of our love. Because we have chosen to follow Jesus. That's what you get. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. Like, I'm only more firm in my stance on why we sign membership covenants and why I've signed one also. Just good stuff. Okay, let's read verses 15 and 16. Oh, before we do that, let me read 11 and 12 and share. That's not in our membership covenant, but it's in the Bible. The Bible always trumps anyone's membership covenant, right? But that's why we base ours on Scripture. So in Ephesians, oh, I do have that up there, good. This is part of my responsibility. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. That's my calling. That's what I'm to walk worthy of. A pastor and a teacher. What's my responsibility? It says their responsibility is to Do all of God's work for the church, right? My responsibility is to do all the work for the church, right? Yeah, that's not what it says. My responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Why? Because you all together can do way more than I can do by myself. My responsibility is to equip you. And we're going to talk about that's, that's in some of our objectives that we're going to get to in part two. Some of the things that I'm going to bride for you. It's the church's responsibility. And since I'm uh, leading this local body, it's my responsibility to give you opportunities to do God's work, to fellowship, to gather in small groups, and all this sort of stuff that we're going to be looking forward to in 2021. Uh, all right, let's go back to 15 and 16 because that's in our members' covenant. Instead, oh, the instead is, if you want to look before that, so it'd be verses 13 and 14, you're going to, Paul's going to be writing about being immature. So we're not to be immature, so instead we are to speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work you are special and god has called you to a special work if you are inside the body of christ and if that's here at truth and grace fellowship you have a special work to do paul says and god will make us all fit together who makes us all fit together so that we're doing our own work who does do i he is God. This the Spirit, the Word of God. I might be a little slow or too fast in trying to place you guys in certain body parts. But God's always on time. God knows you better than I do. God is the one that calls you. I have it. I just always call you. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it is kind of when I move more. Let's try that. Okay, special work, special purpose, because it's from God, it's to you, it's for the benefit of others, right? Did I finish that out? Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of what? Love. Do you need Jesus Do you need the Spirit's help? Do you need the church? Yes, God says you need it. We can't say, I just need Jesus only. Nope. Because when you say, I just need only Jesus, Jesus set up the church to do his work. So Jesus is saying, yes, you need me, and I'm the only way to salvation, but to live out kingdom principles, you're gonna need each other. And that's how you grow to the fullness of love. All right, let's go back to our member's covenant. Good stuff, isn't it? I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. Listen to this. My main desire, and I can say for you guys that have signed this, your main desire, what you said and you gave your signature to, and so did I. Our main desire is to see what? Or I should say who? Is to see Jesus lifted up and honored in this fellowship of believers. Now, we do times of pastor appreciation and volunteer appreciation, appreciating our staff, and we do a good job of that, but that is not to be the focus. Our main desire is to lift up and honor Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, I will deal with any inconveniences and matters that just aren't my preference or style. When you're part of any organization, and especially a church, the church as a whole is going to do some things at times that you would do differently, and that's okay. You're different. I'm different. But if we start focusing on each other's uh, uh, What's the, preferences, or styles, and not the main desire, then we're going to lose focus. And then that's where we're going to argue and quarrel and all that bad stuff that the devil wants. goes on to say, I will lead my family to be faithful members of this church as well. I will set an example for them in word, conduct, worship, and prayer. I will ask Jesus to help us as a church fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life for her. And that goes to any church. If you're watching online or you're here and you're connected to another church, that's the same for you in that local body. Jesus gave his life for her. I will treasure this membership as a gift. When I received the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus, I became part of, of the body of Christ I pray that I won't take this membership for granted I see it as an opportunity to serve others and be part of a fellowship of believers who trace their lives after Jesus in short I will be a person who strives to be full of truth and grace at all times in all circumstances just like Jesus and I will do my best with God's help to live out our core values of transformation, relationships, accountability, character, and encouragement. I'm going to do more equipping and a better job of equipping our church to be set up to live those out. And that's what you'll hear in part two uh, next week. But I want to just quickly share a few things. Uh, I'll kind of close with this thought. Worship team, you guys can go ahead and head on up here next week or the week after that whichever the case may be I want to share some of the objectives that I've written out for truth and grace for 2021 um, so that it will help me and help us know if we've been successful or not I believe if we follow Jesus every year we can be successful because Jesus wants every church every local body to be successful and I'm going to talk about that uh, a little bit next week but here's what I've always believed Here's what my experience has taught me, and here's what I believe the Bible backs up. When an individual, raise your hand if you're an individual. Okay, you two at home. All right, when an individual is in the Word of God on a regular basis, you're reading it, you're meditating on it, you're studying it, you're just feeding from it spiritually. And when you gather with a small group of other believers on a weekly basis, and you are very regular at church attendance as far as Sunday corporate worship gatherings, when you are doing those three things on a regular basis, you will experience God moving in and around and through your life on a regular basis. When those get irregular, so does God's moving. His love never changes for you. But his moving in and around and through your life lessens. So I want us to be more about those three things in 2021. You and I in the word of God. You and I connected to small groups of people that are also believers. And you and I being regular in attendance as far as uh, Sunday morning worship. That being online or, or, or here in person. Either way, because you're still present and you're attached and you're part of this fellowship of God believers. Now, I don't know how God may be speaking to you this morning. Uh, We're gonna stand and sing some more songs. The altars are always open. You can come pray, respond to God in some way shape and form. Maybe He's wanting you to be baptized. Maybe He's wanting you to uh, to join this church. Maybe He's wanting you to just finally fully give your life to Him. I don't know and it's really none of my business. I just want What he wants for you, I want you to have that. So you respond as God's spirit is leading you as we stand and as we sing.